The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is sponsored by Mooey's XL, the new bovine pacification lozenge from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. Administer the Mooey's XL directly into your cow's mouth. Or if it's a nice day, why not dissolve the lozenge in fruit juice to create a delicious, relaxing tropical punch? For a free trial lozenge with your next Mitchell's order, just scream. Hello, and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved, or just interested, in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and a printed magazine, brought to you by new Mooey's XL bovine pacification lozenges. Here on the podcast, we speak to many people who produce or work with beef, and all sorts of people who produce or work with dairy. But it's rare that someone brings these two fields together. In fact, we haven't interviewed anyone doing this since our interview in 2005 with Philip Bontempi, whose beef ice cream firm, Bontempi's Beef Ices, was about to be floated on the New York Stock Exchange. I just knew that the best way to get through a hot day was to cool down with a pint or two of beef ice cream. Of course, the story of Bontempi's beef ices since that time is well known. The corruption, the creative accounting, and the discovery of the fraudulent beef lolly scheme, which led to the company's bankruptcy and dizzying collapse, which ultimately kicked off the 2008 global financial crisis. As for Philip Bontempi, he faked his own death in 2014, only to be discovered weeks later, working in the cafe at a garden centre. He then faked his own death again, before being spotted working at the same cafe at the same garden centre. He then actually died in 2016, but everyone thought he had faked it again, until months later when his body was found drowned inside a huge industrial mixer that he had fallen into whilst trying to create a new beef-infused creme fraiche. The story has led some to suggest that the mixture of beef and dairy is in some way cursed, bringing only ruin to those who attempt to create such a product. However, someone who is throwing his beef hat into the dairy ring is Canadian entrepreneur Michael Frank Franklinson. This month, Mr Franklinson got in touch to say that his company, Franklinson's, had found an innovative new way to combine beef and dairy and that he was coming to the UK to try and get the product stocked in British supermarkets. Over email, he was cagey about what the product actually was, saying only that it was the next big thing and the next sensation. I met him in his London hotel room. I'm uh, Frank Franklinson. I'm from Tisdale, Saskatchewan in Canada. I started by asking Frank about the new product. We're, we're just trying to put together the two things. Meat and dairy always considered two different things, but always next to each other in, in your supermarket. And uh, we at uh, Franklinson's uh, w- want to incorporate them both and basically have a, a, a cheese meat. Cheese meat or, or meat products that contain uh, dairy products. For instance, uh, we take uh, the, the udder from the cows and we fill them full of cheese. And uh, we sew up the one end and it's quite, the kids love to eat out of it. You just hang it, hang it from a hook and uh, you just suck the cheese out of the nipples. And uh, it's God's, it's God's uh, container. So when the animal dies, you, you slice off the udder and then do you add the cheese or is the cheese the process of the, the milk inside the udder then? No, we take a processed cheese and uh, we inject it 
the udder is only for the playfulness of the, you can eat the udder. It's, it's quite, it's chewy, very chewy, but in a fun way. It's, it's kind of in the same realm as the pinata in a way, isn't it? The way you hang it up and the kids go at it. Yeah, but don't, don't, don't take a swing at it because that looks pretty, it looks funny, but it's cruel. Even though the animal is dead, you have to respect it. So the, the udder itself, that's cooked or is it you leave it? It's steamed. It also gets all the grease off of it because uh, they drag pretty low. Uh, yeah, we we steam it, and in that process, in a way, it's almost it's like it's like a wiener. It's very much like wiener meat or a wiener casing. It's like a thick wiener casing. So, how many of these are you selling in Canada? Uh, oh, tons. We 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 love them again. We got thicker skins in Canada in the prairies. Christ, we we have a ball with them. Once you've sucked all the cheese out, uh, you can fill it to. Just full of whatever, you know, you got any kind of liquid, a jello or anything like that, and you can you can kick it around the yard. It's a lot of fun. We play hockey with them. What are the national dishes of Canada? Oh, <clears throat> well, the, the hamburger uh, was invented by a Canadian and, and brought to the World's Fair in Chicago in the uh, late 19th century. B- back bacon, which is a part of uh, the pig that no one else ate. We, we And we found it. It was clearly on, on the back. Timbits, which are the uh, the holes, the donut holes, we we just we just sell those. So in a way, Canada's got a, an illustrious history of finding bits of animals and foods that you wouldn't normally necessarily think of eating, and then turning those into something that is a is a national obsession. Yeah, yeah, or or, or mixing things that you shouldn't. For instance, uh, poutine, which is a, a French fried potatoes, cheese curds, and gravy all mushed up together. And uh, that's clearly something that uh, fell on a floor. And, uh, you know, a well, poor Canadian ate it. We do a lot of that. We, we, we eat what's under, under the table. That's an old Canadian saying in French. So in a way, you're, you're just part of a, a pride tradition. In, in, in such a cold country, we eat anything that has a quality shelf life. Anything that you can eat, because you don't want to go out shopping when it's minus 40. You know, so we found that <clears throat> that's where the, uh, the udders come in. You, you, you can... You can have another, not even refrigerated. You can just leave it in the corner of your house next to the furnace. And in a, six weeks later, you can still chew on it, and it, it won't make you sick. Very, very sick. Yeah, shelf life. Craft dinner. A box of craft dinner I can give to, I'm going to hand it down, like, 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 like jewelry or something. My great-great-great-great-grandkid could eat a box of craft dinner I buy tomorrow for 99 cents. It's a horrible stuff. And the cheese, we use the cheese that they have in the craft dinner because it isn't really cheese. It's it's just, it's it's orange. We buy it in these big crates and it just says orange on the box. <laughs> People just think it, assume it's cheese. And I guess when it's coming out of another, it gives it a kind of dairy feeling. That's what, that's what my wife said. Once it passes a cow's teat, it becomes cheese when it exits. It is whatever it is, it's cheese. How do you keep the cheese liquidy enough that you can suck it out of another? You have to punch it a lot. Just to keep it broken up. The first few, oh, it got pretty, pretty tough. But uh, and again, it isn't cheese; it's orange. When you've given British people the udder full of cheese, how have they reacted? Uh, so far, uh, I wouldn't say positive, but not negative either. More uh, uh, shocked and in uh, uh, certain uh, heavy disbelief when they poke at it. This is really from a cow. Where else am I going to get one? What about the United States? I mean, that's the biggest in terms of big markets to try and get into. See, that's why I came to Britain first, because I think once it passes here, once, once you guys like it, America tends to eat it up. It happened with uh, Jimi Hendrix. No one liked him. He came here. They liked him. And he went back. And that horrible Cher song. 
Do you believe in life after? That that album bombed heavily in America. Like it was a horrible album. Her career was literally over, and and we were heading off into a bright, uh, shareless future. And uh, then you people liked it, and then America liked it. So the hope is that if it, if it takes off in Britain, then you're I'm on easy street, because you can classify it. You know, you make it all classy. Like like a thin slice of cow udder with cheese. Like you know, just you know, and you could you could put a butler in the commercial because the British butlers they can sell anything to an American. So the ambassadors here, shall I get the udders out? Per- see, there you go, there there you go. I can see the uh, yep yep. We'll get that uh, that woman that that doubles for the Queen in in in, in the airplane movies, and we'll have her uh, just sucking on a on a cow teat, and then everyone will just uh, jump on it. Before meeting each other, Frank and I exchanged a number of emails, and in his replies, he had said that he was here in the UK to sell the product to British retailers, and that he had set up meetings with all the major supermarkets. Ahead of my interview with him, our researchers contacted every British supermarket chain, and all of them reported that they had not granted Mr Franklinson a meeting. During a conversation with one of the UK's largest supermarkets, Sainsbury's, their head of public relations told us that we would learn all we needed to know about Mr Frankenson by talking to the manager of a Sainsbury's shop in Wood Green in North London. Hello, uh, my name is Leslie Sunrider. I'm the manager of Wood Green Sainsbury's. Leslie told us that he had met Mr Frankenson, although Mr Frankenson had not contacted the store ahead of his arrival, and to describe it as a meeting would be to stretch the definition of that word. I asked him to describe the encounter. Well, um... Well, I will never forget it. I mean, it started as an ordinary April day. It was a beautiful morning. Some of the staff were having a bit of a chuckle because they'd seen a man wandering around in the street outside wearing a scuba diving outfit. We just assumed it was a street performer or something along the lines. But then there's a terrible commotion in the frozen food section, and I realised that this man has, has, has burst in. I couldn't tell what they were at first. They were dripping and greasy. They stank and then he began to suck on them and I, I I thought this is I mean this is a very unwell person we need to you know we need to get this person help um, I thought he was distressed until I realised that actually what I was seeing was a sales pitch a sales pitch the like of which I've never seen I mean it was I mean it was way off the book okay and we had certainly not invited this man to be here he was wearing a scuba outfit which, which he has not explained at, at any point why he was doing that. I mean, my theory is that it was just to un- unsettle people. My, my wife is, is kinder. She just thinks he's, he's very unwell. He, he caused considerable upset. And this fluid was leaking out of it. He was saying it was a, a, a natty new way of, of, of packaging cheese and he was beating it and he was sucking this stuff. It was dripping down his chin. It was getting on his neoprene. It was making me gag. It made me feel physically sick. Customers were leaving in their droves. There were people deeply upset. A very close colleague of mine, the deputy manager, she had her 12-year-old son in on that day for kind of work experience. It was his holiday times. He was helping out. He's a lovely little kid. He was absolutely devastated. He saw this man crawling up the aisles with this thing he lost it on the floor and then pounced on it because he said it was his more rigid one of the the two and it he said it needed a real good beating over to get the cheese out that is a phrase that this 12 year old boy has, has has repeated day in day out he's woken up screaming that i've got to beat the cheese out in the middle of the night okay, it was clear that mr frankenson's visit had had a profound effect on the customers and staff of the store Udders uh, had, had leaked and sort of spurted violently 
um, into into the one of su- superheated ovens, and uh, at least one of my member staff received quite a serious cheese burn on her elbow. Uh, and the doctor's. I asked Frank for his side of the story. They had just opened, and uh, I kicked a couple of them in. The other two I just held on on sticks, and I was in my diving outfit. I wore a neoprene diving outfit just because of the, the cheese can get on you. And, Made that that kind that frightened him a bit, you know. I full on with the goggles and the whole thing, screaming at the kids too. Shouldn't have screamed at the children. I'm I like kids, but uh, you know they were they were laughing at the others. And I said, "Get ready for the next sensation," and started sucking the cheese out of the all uh, oh, the screams. There was some screaming, uh, you know. And and you know, with this new age of terrorism, I don't. I think they might have thought something was up. I spoke to Sainsbury's earlier. Oh. Their um, description of events is slightly different to, to yours because they say that they never agreed to a meeting with you, that you just turned up. Yeah, well, in, see, this is, this is well, when they were... I remember yelling through the window when I was outside later, you know, when, uh, and, they, and they gave me back my others. I, I, I said, that was a meeting. Maybe not a, an official meeting, but you met me. And I met you, and, and you saw the product and how it was supposed to be used, and there was no need uh, to phone the police. More from that interview after this. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is in part supported by ZipRecruiter.com. If you want to recruit people for your business and want an easy way to post your job ad to over 100 job sites and social media with just one click, ZipRecruiter is the way to do it. Maybe you need a new milkmaid, curd skimmer, Udder washer. Well, right now, Beef and Dairy listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. Slash beef. Slash beef. In a world where meat was banned, only one man could stand up to the state. Oh my God, they've taken all my meat. Did somebody order beef? Who are you? The name's Beef. Slash Beef. Oh my god, Slash Beef! That's right, it's me. Slash Beef. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beef. Before we get back to our big interview, this week we received the following letter. Hello, Beef and Dairy Network. Our daughter, Anya Goldfinch, turns 14 this week and would be overjoyed with a birthday shout-out on the podcast. Even though she's a schoolgirl, Anya has taken a keen interest in the family dairy farm and loves milking the girls, mixing the disinfectant and using a hose to get the worst of the shite off the milking parlour. Happy birthday to you, little Anya. You're growing up so fast, it won't be long before you can take over the farm and give your father some respite from his fucked legs. Lots of love, Mum and Dad, Nan, Grampy and the dogs, Milo, Jess, Andy, Barbara, Kelvin, Sheridan, Waffle, Geraint, Tippy, Winky and Biff. We also had this come in on the emails. A big happy birthday to our son, Bobby Chudkins, who turns seven this month. Bobby, we didn't plan to have you, but you've changed our lives fundamentally and actually it's not been as bad as we feared. Gavin's actually pulled his weight as a father for the most part, which was a surprise to us all. Lots of love, Mum and Dad. And if it's your birthday this month, happy birthday. Do you not think that some of your customers who you, you must come into contact with on a daily basis, you must know them quite well? Of course. 
do you not think that maybe um, on certain special occasions, for example, a wedding, um, you know, you've got your chocolate fountain, you've got the big cake you don't normally have. These are kind of one-offs. So you, next to all that, you could hang up another for the cheese and people could just sort of relax into the evening then. What would that say? I mean, the things you've listed before there, they're, they're all symbolic. The wedding cake, it's, it's, it's white, the, the, the virginity of the, the bride and, and groom. We, we, we cut into that to break that and away they go to make a family. The chocolate fountain is, 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 a, is a symbol to say we, 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 we wish you a profitable life, that you, are, you become wealthy. And what, what, what would carving into an udder full of orange cheese say? We would show this udder, this, this uh, symbol potentially of, of, of nourishment, of of, of child-rearing, and we're saying, yeah, that is dead already. And now we cut into it, and what do we see? We see something that, if disposed in landfill, will never decay, will never go as so death, but a, a new death, a permanent state of death, the undead. Happy wedding day. I, I, I scared a lot of people in that shop. My mother used to say, Michael, in that tone, just to think it through, sit down and give it at least a half hour. Uh, I never have yet given anything more than, than, than 10 minutes of thought. And this one, I'll tell you right now, just I was laying under uh, the cow, eating a brick of cheese, and that I should have, should have really, now that I think about it, I should have just, uh, I should have walked it off. But uh, nope. I, and I don't know why I went to Britain with the idea. I, I've never even shown this in Canada. I lied about all that other stuff. You've been telling me that it's going really well in Canada. Is that not true? Uh, no. I like them. I think it's just me. Yeah. Now that I think about it, all this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I've traveled a long way. And I'm just, what am I doing? What really am I doing? I'm just desperate for money and everything's been invented. So what's the what's the future for for Frank Franklin? Well, clearly, no, there's no future in it. I mean, this interview alone, it, and I want to thank you, has opened my eyes up that uh, I might need a little help. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some uh, desperately needed help, and uh, I think this just is, um, yeah, it's over. What does your wife make of all this? Oh, she left me. Uh, she left me when I brought the first uh, the first uh, few home because. Uh, I cut him off myself, and I, I didn't do a good job of it. It, it looked—I I was covered in blood. It didn't, you know. I had to hold on to two cow udders covered in blood with a, you know, with a big smile on my face, saying, "Honey, do we have any cheese?" And that—that's—that's that's when she left. Jesus Christ, Frank. You know, I know this trip has not gone maybe as you hoped it would, but if you have got some, some of them left, the udders he brought over. And if there are people listening and they're th thinking, hey, actually, that sounds really nice. I want to suck some of that craft cheese out of another. Can they buy them off you? Where yes. Yes, you can. Uh, I've got two left, and I'll take 1,400 pounds. For, for the both. Yeah, for 1,400 quid, quid. That's what I'll... I'll take that. Because they cost me, uh, with research, development, uh, airplane tickets, uh, we're looking at about... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the hole maybe 20,000. So if I, yeah, if I, if I get like four, I'll, I'll, a grand even, and uh, that'll teach me a lesson. Yeah, yeah, grand. A big thanks to Frank Franklinson for that interview, and best of luck to him in shifting those udders. 
If you're interested in buying them, Frank has since dropped the price to £500 for the pair. He will also accept a payment in legal advice after Sainsbury's decided to sue him for damages regarding £2,000 worth of meat on the meat counter that he squirted cheese over and ruined. Or enhanced, if you take his point of view. So that's all we've got time for this month. If you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to the website now where you'll find all the usual stuff, as well as a special feature in our farming section, rounding up this year's top badger poisons, and our off-topic section, which this month features your chance to win Facebook membership. That's right. Keep in contact with all your old friends and people you just met once, all in one place online. See their pictures, videos, and what they have to say about the world. So, until next month, beef out. Thanks to Mark Turetsky, Mike Wilmot and Mike Wozniak. Also thanks to you for listening and also thanks to everyone who donated to Maximum Fund, the network that this uh, podcast is on, last month during their Max Fund drive. Massive thank you to all of you who did that. Um, and as promised, I won't mention it again for a whole other year. Promise. Also, if you happen to be at the Machantleth Comedy Festival next weekend, we're doing Beef and Dairy live at the Bowling Club at 5.45pm on the Saturday evening. That's the 29th of April. And that will feature Tom Neenan, who's been on the podcast a number of times, and also Mike Bubbins, a.k.a. Eli Roberts. Get down there. It's definitely the best comedy festival in mid-Wales, if not the world, genuinely. Hope to see you there. Bye. Are you easily confused by terms like cultural appropriation, cisgender, and woke? Or maybe you find yourself constantly explaining terms like these, and you need a place to vent. Do you have a love for all things pop culture, social commentary, and politics? Sounds Sounds like like you you need need Minority Minority Corner. Where you can learn, laugh, and play. Sounds like Blue's Clues. Only it's more black, gay, and ladylike. James and Aneke will happily administer your weekly dose each and every Friday. You can listen on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Minority Corner. With the K. Because the C was taken. So the 2017 Max Fun Drive was a huge success. Thank you so much to everyone who joined or upgraded during the drive and to all of our amazing monthly members. To celebrate, we're giving our $10 and higher monthly members the chance to buy additional enamel pins with the profits going to our friends at the Los Angeles Regional Food Bank. What? Yeah. The sale runs April 26th through May 3rd, and it's your last chance to get your hands on these sweet pins. $10 monthly members should receive a link and a code in their email on April 26th, so keep an eye on your inbox and get your denim jacket ready. For more information, visit MaximumFun.org pins. And thank you again. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Did somebody order beef?